Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Why, hello everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, it's, it's still me, it's always me, Katie Patrick. And, and me. I'm, and you, 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 Mr. David Fiorazzo. Thank you. Now, uh, before we get started, I wanna show some love to our sponsor, Switch to America. We've been talking about how the world, is, it's, it's crazy, it's gone. It's just cuckoo-cachoo with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, We our gas prices. How much does it cost you to fill up a, a tank of gas, I guess? Now, during times like these, it is important to remember the small businesses that are right here in the good old US of A. And we're gonna start by visiting our friends at switchtoamerica.com. That's right. Visit switchtoamerica.com right now to see all the alternatives to the, to the everyday items you use that are made right here in the USA. Switchtoamerica.com. If you love this country, please support American companies. Well, and don't forget, it's been a busy week around here at yes. Freedom Project with the elections and everything. But hey, just relax. Tonight, watch Dr. Jake Jacobs as he's wrapping up his four-part series entitled A Brief History of American Political Parties. Yes. Jake will be talking about the Republican fight for civil rights and American prosperity. So please tune in for that. And if you want to go back and watch the entire series, which you should, simply download our Freedom Project Media app. All right, friends, it's that special time of week when we all gather together to hear the latest dirt coming out of the education establishment from our very own Alex Newman. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, you know, one, one of the things that I've focused on so much, as you guys know, is education. So I'm, I'm getting ready to go over to this uh, UN uh, climate conference in Egypt, uh, heading out uh, very soon here if this hurricane doesn't clobber us. And um as one would suspect, uh, one of the primary targets of this conference is the children. They want to brainwash the children with climate propaganda to be able to continue this ideology, uh, this effort to destroy freedom, this effort to destroy national sovereignty, this effort to destroy capitalism under the guise of saving us from global warming, uh, from alleged man-made global warming. And uh, their plan, I mean, and they're telling you openly, is to brainwash and propagandize and indoctrinate these little school children and turn them into activists, which, of course, they've been doing in this country for a very long time. We've got the clips. Uh, we've showed them to you before in the classroom of uh, teachers teaching kids this garbage and then giving them letters to sign for their congressmen and stuff. Well, uh, at this U.N. climate summit, they're being very, very open about this. Um, You've got, uh, obviously, Greta Thunberg, the uh, autistic Swedish child who's being trotted out as some kind of, um, you know, superhero for the little kids to emulate and look up to, right? She went on a school strike uh, to fight climate change, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you got uh, the Secretary General of the United Nations, former leader of Socialist International before taking over the UN, saying, uh, hey, if there was one seed to prevent climate change, it's education, okay? Uh, that is the Secretary General of the UN saying that. Uh, you've got EarthDay.org, that is the world's largest recruiter for the environmental movement. According to its About Us page, they've got 150,000 partners uh, around the world from 192 countries on board with this thing. Uh, and uh, the UN did, a, and according to their website, the UN did a review of statements by world leaders on transforming education. And fully one third of the statements submitted by these leaders committed to, and I'm quoting here, committed to integrating climate change education into their school curricula and promoting carbon neutrality 
in education. Uh, in other words, zero CO2 emissions, which is complicated because the average person emits about two pounds of CO2 every single day just by breathing. On top of that, you've got uh, Education International. This is the world's largest alliance of teachers unions. They purport to represent something like 33 million teachers around the world. And uh, they've got a whole page on the COP27 uh, on this UN climate conference. And it's on Teach for the Planet, right? This is this initiative they've got. Uh, and it involves climate equality, climate change, education, or indoctrination for all. And they mean all. They say education is a powerful tool to support both mitigation and adaptation efforts to be recognized as such at COP27. They say governments must finance and implement reforms to include quality climate change education in curricula across subjects and grades, as well as in teacher training courses and professional development opportunities. So we've got to brainwash these kids in every subject, in every grade, so that they will be good little climate zombies ready to trade their freedom, ready to trade their countries, ready to trade their families, even their ability to have children for this false idol of uh, the the Mother Earth and the climate. Now, uh, this guy, um, David Edwards, who's the general secretary, how appropriate, of Education International, uh, he sent out this tweet to the world leaders assembled at COP27, and uh, he said some incredible things. Folks, listen to this guy blabber. I'm David Edwards, the general secretary of Education International. We represent over 32 million teachers and education workers in every corner of our planet. As world leaders debate the fate of humanity at COP27, Teachers stand with students to demand bold action to cut carbon emissions and address the climate emergency. While the solution to the crisis is complex, education is a critical part of any effective strategy. Climate action starts in our classrooms. Active citizenship and sustainable lifestyles start in our classrooms. Green jobs start in our classrooms. Our Teach for the Planet campaign advocates for the key role education has to play in addressing the climate crisis. The world needs quality climate education based on science and with a civic action focus embedded across the curricula. This is the only way to ensure that all students understand the climate crisis, but also know what they can do to address it. From the essential elements of sustainable living to the power of civic action and mobilization. All right, folks, did you hear that? You got to have a civic action focus embedded across the curriculum. Civic action focus, by the way, for those who aren't familiar with the Globo speak, is uh, basically turning your kids into little weaponized activists who are going to go out and do the bidding of these people. Uh, you've got the Council on Foreign Relations, deep state headquarters here in the United States, sending out an email uh, on how teachers can brainwash their children successfully to believe in this garbage. Uh, and of course, the next generation pseudoscience standards, as I call them, brought to you by the same clowns who brought you Common Core. Uh, for 12 years, they've got science standards uh, over and over and over again. Global warming, man-made global warming, people are bad. Never once will they hear the term scientific method if the schools and the teachers follow these pseudo-scientific standards that they want to implement all over the country. Folks, the people peddling this climate crisis narrative know very well that people who understand the scientific method, the people who understand science, that people who have common sense know that destroying the American economy, giving up our freedom and surrendering to an all powerful one world government is not going to do anything for the climate, uh, but it's going to decimate humanity and civilization. That's why they have to brainwash impressionable young children. They know that we bitter clingers will not go for it. It's time to expose these people, folks. And if you won't protect your children from these maniacs who want to brainwash them, nobody will. It's all up to you.
If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. How has the drag queen phenomena become mainstream to the point that men dressing up as women are now allowed to read to, interact with, and perform for young children? Drag Queen Story Hour is now celebrated and allowed in bookstores, libraries, public schools, and tragically even in some so-called churches. Part of the agenda is to disrupt foundational and traditional beliefs about sex and gender. Once an obscure and hidden part of the gay subculture, primarily homosexual men who take on a drag queen persona act flamboyantly and often erotically and have now become a common feature of pop culture. How did we get here and what's the real story behind this agenda? I'm David Fiorazzo and this is Christ and Culture. So regardless of how we got here, this is an overt attack on the image of God in mankind, as well as a rejection of the truth of Scripture. We're witnessing acts of rebellion and debauchery, progressive efforts to not only queer children, but seduce the church of Jesus Christ. In his excellent article, Drag Queens and the Queering of the Church, M.D. Perkins writes that queer has become a label of pride within the LGBTQ acronym. Scholars began using the word to define radical social theories and the disruptive process of promoting non-biblical, non-traditional sexuality. Perkins says this, quote, Queering is intended to complicate and disrupt what is perceived to be normal, to directly challenge heterosexuality, traditional gender roles, or the male-female binary. Queering is one strategy for queer activists who want to unsettle or complicate normative practices, end quote. In other words, the demonic goal behind most drag queen performances is to use entertainment and emotion to move people's perceptions in order to complicate or confuse binary depictions of sex and gender. Drag Queen Story Hour is also a nonprofit organization, did you know that? Which helps them solicit donations and use its status to get into schools and claim rights to public spaces. Their website proudly states their mission is to reach children and defy rigid gender restrictions and promote the idea that everyone can be their authentic selves. Not who God created you to be, but authentic, right? Whoever you claim to identify as. It is a perversion of the truth, an extension of the born-in-the-wrong-body philosophy, and obviously a blatant mocking of the God of creation. Now, this is nothing new. They just found a new way to do evil. This is what the Bible says, by the way. 
But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last days or in the last times, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. That's in the book of Jude. So, innocent, impressionable children as young as toddlers are even being targeted. This past summer, Fox News reported the fact the nonprofit, now known as Drag Queen Hour, New York City, received approximately $207,000 in taxpayer funding since 2018 from New York residents. It has yet to be determined how many other states have similar groups that send drag queens into classrooms and access school children as young as age three. Now, a college professor, a drag queen, Harris Kornstein, who performed some of the very first readings in public school libraries, not only wrote a children's book, but also sits on the board of Drag Queen Story Hour. Yes, it is such a thing. In fact, the nonprofit has since expanded to 40 local chapters, having put on hundreds of performances across the country. Let's address another perversion of the truth. Demonic drag queens are being advertised as... Family-friendly. There's a twist on words. Uh, to supposedly promote reading, tolerance, inclusion, and fun entertainment, right? But this is yet another example of redefining strategic words and meanings. So, to queer something is to intentionally blur the lines of right and wrong, good and evil, natural and unnatural, male and female. Those who support this philosophy in public and those who vote for politicians who endorse its wickedness are what the Bible refers to as participating in their deeds of darkness. Plus, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 adds another warning. Quote, See to it that there is no one among you who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world. End quote. In his incredibly extensive article, The Real Story Behind Drag Queen Story Hour, Christopher Rufo de details the dangerous ideology driving the movement, which he says was born in the sex dungeons of San Francisco and then incubated in academia. It's a mouthful. Drag became political when the Stonewall riots of 1969 took place during the sexual revolution and drag performances then became open forms of resistance to sexually repressive laws and rebellion against God. So later, the academic discipline of queer theory was born around 1984 to deconstruct and subvert the, quote, sexual hierarchy of married heterosexual people by cultural influence and a revolution of values. They have worked successfully to soften and even tear down Western, meaning Christian morality, and biblical principles. Chris Rufo adds, quote, The purpose, then, is to subvert the system of heteronormativity, which includes childhood innocence, and re-engineer childhood sexuality from the ground up. The drag queen might appear as a comic figure, but he carries an utterly serious message. The deconstruction of sex, the reconstruction of child sexuality, and the subversion of middle-class family life. 
It is therefore astounding that so many Christians have been silent on this, or maybe they're ignoring these issues. What's worse is when church leaders, for whatever reason, fail to address and resist wickedness being played out right before their eyes. Now, by avoiding this ideology or by being neutral, we are not looking out for others and we're not protecting vulnerable children. So, love cares enough to do uncomfortable things like warning others and telling them the truth. As M.D. Perkins said, this false dichotomy between loving our neighbors and standing for righteousness needs to stop. If you think they'll stop at the door of our churches with this Drag Queen Story Hour, you're in for a rude awakening, and we will have to answer for our silence. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Do you love America? Are you a patriot who desires to preserve the freedoms we enjoy for generations to come? Then let's take action. Every few days, we give our money to the big box stores. How we spend our dollars could be the most important vote. Do these stores promote freedom and American values? Is that where we should be buying our everyday household products for the rest of our lives? What if we just stopped? What if we shopped with a family-owned manufacturer who believes in preserving our freedoms? That's why SwitchToAmerica.com was created. SwitchToAmerica.com gives patriots the ability to walk away from the big box stores forever. This is a movement that pledges allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. SwitchToAmerica.com Take action if you love this country. Here is a great way to show it. SwitchToAmerica.com All right, let's take a little time to find out what's trending left. The war on male and female seems to be growing ever more prominent in Crazy Town. So I thought, you know, why not show you what is being pushed on kids all across the country? We start with activist Jeffrey Marsh, a biological man, no matter how much makeup he bathes in, telling children there is no such thing as a boy or girl. And apparently he can prove it. Get ready for this expert medical analysis. Hi kids, there's no such thing as a boy or a girl, and I can prove it. Who's usually taller? Oh, boys? Okay, but you've met some short boys, right? You've met some tall girls, so usually boys are taller, but not always. Okay, who likes the color pink? <clears throat> girls? Okay, um, but you've met girls who don't like pink. And you met boys who do like pink, so usually girls like pink, but not always. Everything you can think of that makes a boy or makes a girl is usually, but not always. And some of them are not even usually. Where does that leave you? Free. Maybe you're even like me and you're not a boy or a girl. Okay. Did everyone else watch Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Where the little boy goes, boys have penises and girls have vaginas. Boom. Done. Five-year-old can understand it. Apparently, he cannot. But since we've decided to open Pandora's box of gender, we're going to move on to a teacher who says she teaches her students that there are many genders and that there are children born non-binary. As a mother, she would never never assign her own child a gender. Ask me questions about sex ed and I'm sucked into your loophole. But one student was like, 
do you believe that there's multiple genders like in this country? And I said, yeah, I mean, depending on where you live, there could be no genders or there could be more than three. And he was like, I don't believe that because when you're born, they assign you boy or girl. So I asked him what would happen if a child was born and they were assigned the gender being non-binary. And he had nothing to say. So I asked him, where are you getting your information from? And he said, doctors. I said, that's interesting because gender doesn't have to do with the body. He was confused. When I have children, they have a biological sex based on their body. I will not assign them a gender. They will learn and experience things that society says are only for certain genders when they fully understand the idea of gender, different genders, how they feel about gender, then they're feel, they're, feel free, go off, go all out, balls to the wall, assign yourself a gender or don't, I don't care. So hopefully when we revisit this conversation during the gender lesson, he'll rethink his statement. Did he just, or she just say he and assign pronouns to that? He, see, see how confusing all this is? It's never ending with these people. It's never ending. Like this next one, where we have a fourth grade teacher who says it's best to use picture books in elementary classes to challenge the idea of gender assumed pronouns for characters. Again, these are the teachers that you are paying for, mom and dad. I have a quick gender inclusive tip to share with you all for elementary school teachers. So check this out. When reading picture books like this beautiful picture book called My Name is a Song, it can be easy to look at illustrations and assume gender. So challenge those thoughts within yourself and challenge them when you're conversing with students. For example, on the very first page of this book, we just get an illustration. We don't know the character's name. We don't know their pronouns. And so it can be easy to make assumptions about gender. When you feel yourself doing that, simply use they, them pronouns or say things to your class like, I'm not sure of their gender, so I'm gonna use a gender neutral pronoun like they, them. At least with fourth graders, they pick up on this quickly and they also will use that same skill when they're reading. It's very, very cool to see. It's not very, very cool to see. It's incorrect. It's a lie. All of it is false. That's a little girl. That's it. Tell the truth. But we're going to take a trip up north now to British Columbia, Canada, where a teacher is advertising a youth drag bingo night on November 23rd. The event, which features free bingo, tons of prizes, food, and refreshments is being hosted at the LA Matheson Secondary School. So a school is now publicly encouraging children to attend a bingo night and dress in drag. Mm. I used to like bingo. Not anymore. But finally, we're gonna wrap things up in Denver, Colorado, back in the US of A here where left-wing activists recently held a child drag show featuring queens, kings, and non-binary performers. According to Chris Rufo, Dragutante welcomes children as young as eight years old to perform. Rufo adds that the organization helps pair young boys with drag moms, i.e. adult male transvestites, who teach them how to create clothing, put on makeup, and dance for adults in bars and entertainment centers. Oh yes. That is what they are doing to our children. <sighs> There's a pattern. It's been happening. Every one of these trending left segments that I am forced to do. Mom and dad, please fight back against the insanity.
But thankfully, at least for now, for me, we're going to wrap up this segment. But again, you can bet there will be plenty more of the craziness next time. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, well, we're going to wrap this week on up with a little prediction of the future and how technology could physically change the human body. Researchers at a think tank called Toll-Free Forwarding have simulated a model of what humans could evolve into by the year 3000. Well, they call her Mindy, and she's creepy, (laughs) uh, based on the human race becoming even more reliant on technology. Researchers predict over time that the human body will adapt with these possible changes. Let's start with an arched back and neck from looking down at a phone or office computer screen. I've, I've seen this, though. I've seen this. Anyway, text claw from gripping a smartphone for long periods of time. 90-degree elbow, which is the typical positioning of the arm when holding and using smartphones. Thicker skull, as there are growing concerns that radio frequency radiation emitted from smartphones could cause serious health implications when exposed to the brain. And speaking of the brain, smaller brain with the immediate access to information. The brain doesn't have to work as hard anymore to memorize and recall information. Finally, a second eyelid. It sounds sci-fi, but researchers say humans may develop a larger inner eyelid to prevent exposure to excessive light or the lens uh, of the eye may be developed in such a way that it blocks incoming blue light. So this is kind of creepy. It's AI, uh, artificial intelligence. It's transhumanism. We've heard about Katie's demonstrating, I'm trying. right? I'm trying to be like but Mindy. I've seen kids, though, with the cur- literally you can't tell because you're looking at me from the front, but they, they got the curved backs. There we go. Hey. And they're doing this all day. And it does affect oh, your back, your spine, that one I know, but your neck, looking down. So hmm. I can see some of these things. I think they're taking it a little too far here with... You know, but but transhumanism is a thing and they're going to start trying to integrate these things in the human bodies and under the guise of helping us. Right. Helping the human race. Uh, yeah, I just I, it, I, it takes me back to the song in the year. 2525 <laughs> in the year 3000 that's a, that's it's a couple of years away right now yeah, yeah i know we're not Three that years. far away but anyway uh in the year 35 35 uh <laughs> or 2030 they, they the lyrics go ain't gonna need to tell the truth tell tell no lie everything you think do and say is in the pill you took today so oh i mean boy. if we already figured that one out uh many moons ago back in i think the late 60s is when that song came out you know what i'm talking about um <laughs> Yeah, okay, Mindy. Mindy's Mindy's the gal, I guess. That's what's going to happen. But thankfully, at least for today, not in the year 3000. That's going to wrap up everything this week on Educated. Hey, how are we doing? What, what what did you like this week? What did you not like? Yeah, story suggestions, story too. Story suggestions, Send them. ideas, reactions to anything we said or do or did. Uh, please let us know by going to stayeducated.org. 
And remember, tonight, check out part four of Dr. Jake's new series on a brief history of American political parties. Yes. So tonight, 7 p.m. Central, he's going to walk through the Republican fight for civil rights and American prosperity. Well, for Katie and myself, thanks for watching. And until next week, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.